Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you've been following since the beginning, welcome back. If you're enjoying this podcast, I want to invite you all again to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your listening platform is. That helps quite a bit in boosting our exposure and does just make me so cheerful to know you're enjoying it. As you may have heard, the podcast has an email address, so if you want to ask a question or just say hello, that's practicallyzerowaste at gmail.com. And of course, if you're interested in supporting our currently ad-free podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash practicallyzerowaste and hit the support button. Now, on today's episode, I talk with Bill Callahan, a lifelong farmer from Lindsay, Ontario, all about sustainable agriculture, cover crops, soil health at an industrial scale, and the joys and challenges of being dependent on Mother Nature. Let's go. How long have you been farming? All my life. All your life? 60 years old, and I grew up here on the farm, and I love farming. What do you love about it? Just that you can be out with the animals or out on the soil, uh, driving uh, machinery, planting, just so open. Yeah. Yeah, so I enjoy that part. Every morning's a different challenge, and you're not sure exactly what that challenge is. So you might be helping a cow calf. Calf might be stuck in a pen. Or, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It'd be different stuff every single day, too. So what are the four seasons four like seasons. on a farm? I mean, the winter's cold, but you deal with it. Yeah. You know, and then the, the spring now is getting wet and soggy out there. So you usually go to your shed and get your equipment ready for planting and mm-hmm. have your seeds ready in the in the shed to put in the drill and yeah. go look after animals. Yeah, after that, or early in the morning, I used to milk cows here for years. So the nephews are now growing up and they're... Running the home farm. Yeah, they're they're right into it, which is great. It's mm-hmm. easier than me. I, now I can cash crop. I don't have cattle right at the moment, but I'd like to get back into them. Oh, would you? Okay. Yeah, nice. yeah. Pasture grazing uh, seems to be something I wouldn't mind trying, whether it's, you know, sheep, goats, whatever. And then you can go and see them, you know, grow and keep the crops in front of them. You know, if they get grazed too low, move them to a, a better pasture. You know, oh, right, yeah. So taller. they can help maintain the fields. and Yeah, and their body condition. And they're just happy animals what i want to see would that be um for milk or for meat if you got back uh, into it you'd probably be for meat now milk here in ontario has to have quota okay so i don't want to get into that at my age right now but um uh, you know lambs uh great for easter and christmas there's yeah. two strong markets there uh, goats i believe the same yeah and uh the beef yeah all yeah. the time yeah. all the time yeah you can pretty free world we have here go out check it out see where you're in market and what they're looking for sure yeah so i will do that before i get whatever livestock i get i'll see if i can have it marketed before i actually put it on the property that is wise yeah i think so yeah how many yeah. farms do you have i've got four farms right now and i rent two more oh wow so about approximately 600 acres Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it sounds like a lot, but if you organize it properly and you rotate it, so you're not 600 acres has to be harvested starting today 
Oh, yeah, okay. So, so you stagger yeah, it. Yeah, you have a barley oats weed in the uh, first part of August in okay. this, this area. And then soybeans uh, would be next in late September, October. Oh, okay. And combine corn after that. Okay. Yeah. So, so lots of variety too. Yeah. Yeah, lots. Uh, that's that's the main thing. You don't want to, you don't want to have one crop and you start in the first of August and you finish the end of September. You know, Mother Nature controls. Right. A yeah. A lot of the what we do. You know, you go to make hay. Sun has to be shining. Right. So how often have you encountered a year where the weather just didn't match what you needed? Every year. Every single year. Yeah, some part of the year. Wow. And all over the world. So if you're doing uh, marketing your crops, because, okay, I'm going, I know what I'm going to grow. Yeah. But I got to know what, where it's going at the end. Mm-hmm. You got to watch the, the whole, you know, Brazil is big in soybeans. Okay. So you have to, they're harvesting right now in our winter. Okay. So you, you know, read it in the papers, read it online, go to the elevator. They have information, you know, all their harvest the north of Brazil is very dry. The yield is down. That's why our price is going up here. Oh. South is perfect. The middle is perfect. So you may see a drop here in another two or three weeks. Okay. They're going to produce us. Canada's only a little pea in the pod. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're so trying to... Just follow the... You know, the trends yeah. up and down. And fill the gaps where it's yeah. needed, right? Yeah, where you see, a, oh, there's something there. I could tap into that and grow mm-hmm. that. Hay and straw right now are, um, straw is very short in demand. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they, there's a lot of farmers looking for straw right now, and this is uh, 7th of April. So wow. They won't be going out on grass for another month anyways. Oh, so they need food for the... Uh, well, the straw is for bedding for oh, them bedding. to lie okay. on. Yeah. So they don't, you know, get really dirty with the manure. And the hay, I see hay moving. And this is not, uh, it's it's normal for this time of year. Usually you would bale so many bales. And, oh, the cows are really hungry. It was colder this winter. Oh, so okay. they're eating more. I'm going to be short a few. So you would source out somebody right, and try to buy them. All of the different crops that you said that you grow, so the barley, the corn, soybeans, what are those specific crops sent out for? Are they food for animals or are they food for people? Uh, so my soybeans are IPs or food for people. Oh, okay. My corn goes for either animal, livestock, mm-hmm. or ethanol to produce hydro. Wow. Uh, also, yeah, animals, that includes dog food, cat food, because they have corn in them now. That's their food. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the hay would be pretty well all livestock. Yeah. Barley would be livestock, and now there's more malt breweries popping up, so, right, so it's possible. I, I'm not an end user, so if it was going to the brewery, that's called an end user of okay. the product. So okay. I would go to an elevator, or if I have a certain commodity that I can store, because people just want that separate, like a, a non-GMO corn or, okay. or soybean 
whereas uh, there are some organic farmers now, and right. they're not allowed to feed uh, Roundup Ready feed, so they got to have non-GMO. Right. So if they know you have it, then... You just you know, store it here, and they come to you? Yeah, they'll yeah. come, or we make arrangement for delivery. Mm -hmm. Wow. So with all of your different crops that you grow it's not your typical vegetable garden that you're growing no, so no. i'd say a large large scale mm -hmm. so i would have 100 acres of this beans 100 acres of corn and then you want to rotate it because each crop carries a fungus and a, a bug okay. that loves eating it okay. so to fool them you gotta kind of you know you go some the soybeans you know two years but if you can flip it to hay or flip it to wheat or flip it to corn then those bugs are going, ah, where did, where'd my food go? Is that a way to prevent using so many uh, pesticides? Right? Sort of, because a lot of these bugs have wings. Okay. It was something I learned in the last five years. And a bee apparently can see, sense the color of a crop. So it can go down. If it doesn't like it, it leaves. But it, it's a very color sensitive yeah. Yeah, insect. So worms in the ground they do a lot of channeling which helps you know in a heavy rainfall i could take you out any soybean field or corn field and i could show you where they live where the worms are yeah they're wow. uh, they'll have a whole bunch of sticks it's usually a couple worms work together wow and they just pile it over the hole keep the rain off and they want something to eat they'll come up and wow wrap themselves and try to get the, on corn you know the bottom leaf they mm -hmm. will drag it down their hole. Wow. Take two of them, but they can, if it's lying on the ground, they'll put their bodies so sticky and get it down the hole, maybe three inches, four wow. inches. Yeah. Okay. And if it's broken right off the stock, they will take about 15 minutes, but apparently they will put it right down their hole, and that's food for, because they eat the fungi that grows on it, absorbed through their bodies. How yeah. that's done. Yeah. And then they're putting nutrients back into your soil? Very much so. The more worms you have, the better your soil's going to be because they actually feed other bugs that are in that soil that, oh, I didn't know that you and I can't see by, you know, naked eye. Right, so all the microbes in the soil are yep. eating the worm castings or something yes, like that. Yes, and, you know. Gross. <laughs> they can move. They can turn up soil in about, uh, I think it's, three years they can rotate your whole ground wow. if you have enough of them wow so how, what's a, what's enough worms well uh i was on a farm this week in ohio and he had thirty-seven thousand six hundred and some worms per, <laughs> per acre per acre yeah <laughs> so that's a chart they go on so they yeah. They count their nests on top of the hole. Wow, and okay. The man, and the soil scientist, you know, he's got a spray can, so he's spraying them, and he's got to count them, and it's in a three-foot square. He had, I don't know what it was, 67, 69 worm houses, yeah. you want to call it. They have a chart, okay. and I'm going, wow. At this soil science has never been on this man's farm before, but always heard about him. Oh, interesting, yeah. He's one of the, you know, I call him one of the top gurus in the states he yeah. gets asked to speak everywhere again he would like to see the farmer survive than selling him a whole bunch of products so just spray this on pour more on that's called the moron effect you pour more fertilizer on or sprays and Ooh, that is yeah. not good right you know right from the start that's not good why is that not good 
Well, the chemicals, if we're going to pour it on the ground, the worms are going to take it in and all the other bugs. So would you, if I give you a little ounce and put some water, you know, I don't oh. think I want to drink it. And that's, that's basically, yeah. you know, if we're not going to drink it, why should we feed them? Yeah, because in a roundabout way, we are going to consume that eventually. It's going to grow we, into the crops that are coming from that soil, right? That's 100% true. And yeah. even if we don't, like, you know, you go to the grocery store, you're not exactly know where that, they just say it came from Canada, product U.S., product of Argentina, yeah. Costa Rica. But they use chemicals too to, to uh, kill insects, bugs that they are not allowed to ship in other countries. Oh, Yeah, there's right. rules and regulations. So bananas do tend to get sprayed with a chemical. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. So they're trying to, there's organic bananas. So if, if you're going to buy organic, you may see the odd bug. Right, okay. Because they're not allowed to do anything bad to the, so you have to. Live you, with a few bugs. Yeah, live with a few wash it off or yeah um, keep an eye out for that on a farm if you can spread your apples around not have them all in one basket so you have corn and beans and barley and chickens and maybe a few hogs the old days that's what everybody had everybody had a little bit of everything just in case it failed eh yeah, yeah. garden yeah totally we had a garden and we had enough potatoes and veggies you know to get us through the winter absolutely so you weren't buying yeah. You knew what you did to the garden. We never sprayed our garden. So then hold the weeds. Yeah. What did you do for the soil in your in your regular vegetable garden here on the farm? I think I don't remember my parents ever putting much fertilizer on other than manure. Right, because you've always had cows, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the manure was always available. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that actually fed your soil biology everything in your soil totally and then and then the roots from whatever you're growing went down that was available to them so yeah so then the plants can draw the nutrients out very healthy most gardens you knew where they were because you can see i i've, I've combined some done some custom work and the people have this you know gone away from the garden yeah you know exactly where it was close to the house because the uh, difference of the soil health wow, yeah. barley or beans uh, boy this is really good right here is there any reason he says yeah that's where my garden was yeah yeah, yeah so, totally anything that they any nutrients that they would have put into the soil there would have been yeah yeah a anything close to a barn a lot of older hip roof barns are falling down or not being used now yes and the field right close to those barns that's where the cattle walked out to the field so the manure was always there. So Prime very, growing area. Very rich. Uh, yeah. So if you take a sample and send it in, they'll be calling you, what, uh, where, where, where is this? Uh, <laughs> Can I go grow there? Yeah. yeah how much, <laughs> how many acres you have? Oh, no, it's just uh, it's beside the barn where the cattle walk out. Yeah. Know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because uh, Russia has, Ukraine has some of the richest soil in the world. And one, one thing I... Uh, I sent a sample away. It wasn't from the barnyard. It was actually from where uh, trees had. I, I just moved the tree line back. They were growing out into the field. Okay. So we just squared the field up. I should take a soil sample uh, for my own use. Yeah. And then an old fence bottom, we wiped it out. And okay. I said, I better grab one from there. Because it's never been worked, never mm -hmm. been sprayed. Yeah. And the soil was 
the, the fellow testing and said, did you didn't have to get this from Ukraine by any chance? Ah. I said, no. I'll tell you where. Oh, okay. So, fence row. Yeah, it's never been touched. And I said, no, you just work up to it. So good. And then there's some, usually if you have stones, you put stones in the fence bottom. And you have a fence. Same yeah. on the other side. So it's... Beautifully rich, eh? Yeah, you yeah. learn from those little fence bottoms. Wow, if I can have that kind of soil out in my field. How would you do that? I'm using cover crops to feed the soil. There's What do you grow? There's radish, there's turnip, there's clovers, millets, there's sardan grass, there's sunflowers. Yes, there's tons. Flax, phasalia. Yeah, there's tons. Wow. India, India, cabbage, which grows nine feet tall. How yeah. about a cover crop? I thought cover crops were nice and low to the ground. Uh, no. If you, if you, uh, especially pasturing, the taller you have the crop, the most energy and protein is in the top part of your, yeah. whether it's only knee high. Clovers don't grow that high. Some no. Maybe up to your hips. But in general, so the top part of any plant is your richest, wow. softest, and the cattle will chew that off and keep going. Ah. Yeah, and then if uh, okay. if you do uh, like a very intensive grazing where you have a lot of head in a small area, but you're moving them yeah. every, maybe, depends, some people moving them every day, twice a day, and some are moving them every uh, two days. Okay. So they'll turn around, come back, and chew a little more off the top. Right, yeah. Because they're curious animals, so they want to go around, where's my area? Yeah. And if you have fences up, okay, well, then they'll stop walking around, start eating. This is cows. Yeah, yeah. cows, stalkers, sheep, yeah. hogs. I've really? seen uh, some some things on YouTube now with hogs grazing. I thought, wow, that's phenomenal. Hmm. So, that's so you put uh, a cover crop out. You've got clover growing, and then you let cattle or animals graze there, process everything, and it goes back into the soil? Yes. That's, yeah, I, I don't have cattle right at the moment, but that's how it would work. Okay. Turnips, uh, yeah. they'll eat the uh, leaves, and then they'll eat the turnip if they can get it out of the pot, oh, out of the ground. Right, yeah. I grew peas and oats for cover crops. Yeah. And now the frost will take them out, so I don't need a chemical to wipe them out. If I just let the frost, the winter, take care of it. Okay, so you just leave it all yeah. season. Yeah. You can, well, no, what I'll do is put a cash crop in, like wheat, harvest it in August, and right off, soon as possible, put the cover crop in. It has from August till frost time, which is middle of September, okay. kind of. And it'll, last year's was as high as this table, which really? is... That's uh, amazing for, for only a month and a half of yeah, it growing is. time. Some of the cover crops are um, cool season, so it'll keep on growing right through. If you get a nice cover of snow, it'll still grow during the wow. winter. The, usually the roots will work their way down. If you're organic, you should really grow something that the frost will kill. Then you don't have to kill it so once the frost kills it then it just falls over so it won't let the weeds that are ready to come up ah, and they're shaded so it's and like it's, a mulch yeah but they just you just leave them alone just let them fall down wow that's so easy it is, <laughs> it is. and you know our forefathers did it but i think they did 
you know, rake over and that to get their soil built up. And they, yeah. I believe, at least my grandfather, we plowed back then. Okay. But now we're learning if it's dead. So the soil make, is needing nutrients. So. We're, ma- we're making those night crawlers work. Yes. That's what's happening. That's great. All the bugs. So do the worms work all winter? on the cover crop stuff that's left? Here, not so much because it's too cold. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Ohio this week, uh, we dug down and I was surprised. Uh, there was, wasn't any frost left, but an inch and a half, there was worms. Really? Moving. And I thought, wow, how many, uh, how many types are there? And the fellow said, well, I think there's over a hundred different types of worms. I said, well. In his soil? Yeah, in his soil. Whoa. And he, this soil's still cool. Like and you can't plant. Active. You wow. can't plant, and they're active. So oh. I thought, well, how cold can a worm? But I, I didn't get, didn't uh, ask that question. But right. how, you know, because find out. Yeah. Yeah, their bodies are no different than ours. They've got f- more water in them. Exactly. And I think they're warm-blooded creatures, right? Yeah. So they would need warmth. So if you oh. you get you know our cold and they freeze up, you mm-hmm. don't put some clothes on. Yeah. You know, what, what do you do, do with uh, fields that you can't really plant, ones that flood or maybe too steep to plant? You uh, should try tile drain them. That'll move the water out. Okay. Even though the amount of carbon from your cover crops will absorb water, so you will have enough to produce July and August to so get dry, and they use that up. So worms come up and grab it. Okay take it down and they're going right by the roots if not the roots are in the worms channels because right. they're working their easiest way down oh of course yeah that's and yeah you might think oh boy if it gets dry we have no water well that's true but if you get a lot of carbon oh. on top of the ground you'll be all right the cover crops the roots are holding the soil together does that help yes yeah with anything yeah that's uh the mycorrhizan fungi is just like a cell phone. It looks like wires going everywhere. Right, yeah, like a motherboard. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm not growing the tall ones yet, and I'm only learning about them. Okay. And they're the ones that are massive, so you just let them fall over. Yeah. You can roll them when it's time to plant or just drill in. So last two years I've been drilling into cereal rye that's five feet high. And then cripper rolling in after, so the cripper roller will just every four inches. Fall. Is that a machine, the cripper roller? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a regular roller with uh, four-inch uh, fins on it, good okay. strong ones. So it's like a chevron design. Yeah. And then you just all you're doing is breaking the stalk every four inches. It's like a hay bind because when you cut the hay, you need to break stalks so the air can get in and dry the hay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I didn't not know so that. Much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not so much the flower or the leaves or the, yeah, the leaves are really thin. So it doesn't do a lot so for fine. them. Yeah. Because they can fix themselves. Mm-hmm. Not so much the hay because you went and cut the whole plant. But I went out to a soybean field that was two inches, three inches high uh, and then rolled it. Uh, they can fix themselves okay. if I damage a leaf or supplant sending a message out get that fixed and usually it sends out more flowers so you end up with a few more bushels with a cover crop when it's time to plant your actual crop that you want to grow for the season do you just um, plow and till things into the soil or do you just 
go ahead and start Plant. planting on top. Go drive right into it. It's easier to plant into green, which is just living crop. If you have enough cover, which say the organic guys, the peas and oats and whatever, just killed by the frost. Okay. There's all kinds of cover. You just go ahead and plant. Well, they're not allowed to use sprays, certain sprays. Uh, so you might have the odd weed. The odd weed's not going to hurt you, but if you ambitious enough to go out and pick the weed <laughs> in which some people that's all they do that's good me i'm not organic so i can put a chemical out there for the craw cash crop that i'm trying to right produce money from yeah so uh but if i have a heavy enough say cereal rye um when the planter goes through it just leaves whatever you know three four inches of tilt soil because i've got a wavy golter in the front Okay, so that will alternate. Not yeah. everything is getting turned into soil or turned That's out. That's right. In okay. between the rows, you really don't have to disturb it. So if you've got a nice cover on it, it'll shade. The weed's still ah, hard to get up. Good. Their cash crop, usually you'll see soil, and they're letting their corn come up canopies yeah and in between the row that stuff that you've broken down crippled it'll turn brown then if there was weeds coming up there they need sun yeah yeah. so yeah. if you can get dirt or the corn crop or beans shake that out so they're, they're all be, working together yeah the weed is there but it can't get sunlight so he they may come but they never get to uh yeah. yeah, compete with your crop. That's the main thing. That's good. So yeah. you would often choose a cover crop and a cash crop because they're going to work too well together, like yeah. kind of like companion planting, yeah. right? Cover crop's going to give you some, you know, once they get processed, they're going to give you some fertilizer. Right, yeah. The fertilizers have gone up so much, so they're trying to utilize the natural plants in the ground. Oh, let's just pour more fertilizer on. We have the, uh, you know, money to do it we'll get more out in the end that's that's the wrong Sad, attitude yeah. because if mother nature doesn't play her part if you don't get rain you don't get much yeah of anything exactly and if you get too much there's not no you can't do anything about either situation but if you do get water you used to get something exactly. it might be not the crop you want it might be weeds mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but it's uh, quite interesting how Mother Nature plays a big role in yeah. cropping. Cool. If you were a farm that only used excess amounts of pesticides, how long would it take to get your field pesticide free without losing too much of your time? You know, right? in, uh, probably three to four years. Yeah. Yeah, you want to, you need the carbon. Yeah. Carbon is going to turn into your food source for the critters in the ground. You can't cut fertilizer or pesticides right off. It you just, have to wean it off? Yeah, you kind of got to wean it off slowly. Yeah. So I'm not at that stage yet. I, I have weaned off some fertilizer, but not completely. There are some farmers in the States that are um, no synthetic fertilizer and haven't been uh, used any. They've been at it 40, 45 years. Yeah. So yeah. they know how your soil works. I was never really taught too much about how soil works. But you've learned so much. Like, what are these conferences that you've been going to in Ohio and Ottawa? Soil health. That's cool. what it's all about. Yeah. Wow. Once you understand what's in the soil, you're going, you know, okay, I need to change here. Or, mm -hmm. um, it's going to get too expensive. Fuel went up five cents less. 
the okay. first week. Yeah. So fertilizers, sprays, seeds are all going upward. Okay. So you need to to be sustainable. You know, you gotta start looking at well, one last pass somewhere. Right, w- because you you're using machinery, driving over your fields and spraying yes. your fields, right? Yeah. Is that kind of how it works. So if fuel goes up, then the cost of everything else is kind of aggravated. Yeah, follows. Yeah, the price doesn't usually follow the prices of price of your gas crop. Oh, okay. It's still down lower than it should be. Right, so it's costing more to produce it than it is that you're getting back in the end. Yeah, you can. I like to see animals. I, you know, I like to see the pigs, the chickens, the lambs, uh, beef, dairy, horses. I hope that never disappears on us. I don't think it would, but if it were possible to reduce the amount of meat that we do consume, then animals would benefit, but also the planet wouldn't have to put so many resources into growing these animals. Like Mm. how much you've worked with cows all your life. How much does a cow eat and how expensive is it to raise cattle? Like how much land does it take per cow? Um, you're probably looking for a full year, likely about six acres of food. For one cow? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For the 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it, it depends how good your land is. It yeah. may take more. Yeah. If you're in a desert, it'll take a couple hundred acres. Wow. Because it doesn't, deserts don't grow very exactly. well. Exactly, yeah. So you might be 100 feet apart from the next plant he's going to eat. If you can get your soils in good shape, they'll grow anything. Different areas are, you know. Different climates, of course. Yeah, but climates are an issue, but you can get everybody healthy there. Some people don't agree with this, but. You know, if they're looking straight ahead, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. I like to look yeah. all around and see what's going on here. Yeah, exactly. See yeah. what alternatives are out there. Yeah, maybe I'll try it if I think it could work here. Mm-hmm. Get it figured out on a small scale and then expand it. That's what cover crops. I started on a small scale and then yeah. I expanded. You're learning every day. The conference we're at, there's this fella's probably 75 and he said, I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, and I'm still making a mistake here and there. Just going with what is habit by everyone. Like this podcast is all about reducing your your waste, your garbage and stuff. But the amount of waste that we're producing is, most of it is mindless. Like we're just kind of, oh, it, it comes in packaging? Well, that's my only option. I'll buy it. Even in the farming industry, if we can challenge habits and yes. offer alternatives. Yeah, then. that's right. That's that's the direction I like to go. The Roundup Ready product, it will be taken off market. Interesting. Why? Uh, it's dangerous. Okay. Doctors down there have got proof now it's causing Down syndrome. So what is this Roundup Ready? It's a it's a chemical to kill. It's put into the uh, soybeans, corn, alfalfa, canola. So you can actually spray Roundup on if you're purchasing Roundup Ready products, put that chemical on there. It won't kill the plant, but it'll kill everything else. Whoa. So then you go and eat it. The cow eats the alfalfa and the corn and yeah. the soybeans are Roundup Ready. Oh, then it wow. produces milk or meat and then sent to market for human consumption. We're eating it. How did they pinpoint that, that this chemical is contributing to Down syndrome? Yeah. It's uh, the doctors down there have it 
Wow. Doing some That's terrifying. It, it's, there's another product called the Kumba. It's on the wall, too, and that's the first time I've heard of it being on. I knew Roundup was having challenges. Yeah. Because it's in mother's milk. They have proof of that. Ooh. So it's the cheapest spray to use, but it's pretty dangerous. They know what it will do, but they're not going to tell <gasps> everybody. So the law is going after them, and they'll be invest they are being investigated. Jeez. So they just said... The fella that hosted the conference, so I got told five years ago that it'd be gone in five. This is year five. That they were going to, like, get rid of. Oh, my goodness. It's sad. There's all kinds of publications. People don't believe the publication. Farmers are farmers. (laughs) No, this is the way I do things. And if you're relying on the weather... You, when the weather's right, you want to get as much of a yield as possible. And so yeah. if it takes chemicals to do it, then it's going to be very tempting for a lot of people. It is sure be nice if we didn't have to use chemicals. And while it's possible, it's not really feasible for really large-scale industrial farms. No, eh? not right now. What got you started on using cover crops? What was your incentive? I, I was looking for an alternative to cut back on the fertilizers. Yeah. One of the fellows in Ohio, I went to a conference in Indianapolis, and one of the speakers was on worms. He said, for you people that don't know how many you should have, here's a guideline, go out and dig up a sir square and, you know, count. And I got back home. I thought, oh, I think the frost killed them, (laughs) the cold weather, but it wasn't that. They go down deep. And I was way short of what the number was supposed to be. Really? Yeah. So. How do you increase your worms? <laughs> uh, you need to, you need to feed them. Okay. So cover crops. Yeah. And then they'll suck on their own and multiply. So if you can keep the bad pesticides, you know, maybe at a lower rate. Yeah. Fertilizer. Uh, I fertilize a lot of salt in it. They're only little critters, so. Uh, they can't for, have too much salt in so oh, then they're. Oh yeah, and it dissolves and goes oh, into the soil and they have yeah. to eat some Crazy. they're like us they're yeah they're people we're stepping on when you step on your lawn you're stepping on somebody yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty well the easiest way to put it yeah so boy i hope i live long enough to see where hey we can live without pesticides and that's incredible it's that's the joy about farming so many uh opportunities out there yeah. And the challenges come with them with Mother Nature. It's kind of why I enjoy There are the ups and downs. Mother Nature says, you're going to get rain today. That's good. Mm-hmm. Just don't give me too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then turn the sun on after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ideal week and all. We all speak about it. But most farmers are always complaining <laughs> about, about the weather. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's, yeah, prices, if it's so. the thing that's deciding your fate every single day. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's the challenge. Yeah. Thanks again for listening, everyone. In the show notes are a few resources on some of today's topics in sustainable agriculture. Whether it's at an industrial level or your potted plants on your fire escape, do some research into natural, healthy ways to add nutrients to your soil and keep harmful pests away. It's possible to do it completely chemical-free. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at Elspeth Callahan, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at Practically Zero Waste Pod. Enjoy the sunshine, everyone, and talk to you soon.